0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on Sex and Life, the podcast that looks at uh, human sexuality and sex in the media and pretty much anything to do with sex. Uh, as always, with me is uh, our producer, Joe. Always a pleasure. And today we have... Is that innuendo? I think it was innuendo. Okay. If you want it Maybe. to be. <laughs> I, I think he's inferring a whole lot. That yeah. other voice <laughs> you're hearing is a uh, stand-up comedian and sticky legend... Justin Lay.
1: Also an innuendo. <laughs> Judging from the smirk on Eli's face, I'm going to say that.
0: That's permanent. He, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you're also a a, um, a personal trainer, right? Sure I am. Excellent. How long have you been doing that?
1: I've been doing that for about, I guess, four and a half years, roughly about that. I've been into the whole scene, I guess, for about 17 or so, as far as i using exercise to get a lot of undue tension out.
2: Do personal trainers have a community message board on Facebook where the new personal trainers get ripped into by the personal trainers who have been there for a long time, the professional well, they, ones? I believe they absolutely should. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I definitely still be considered really new, though, so I'd be
1: one of those. Ones. But I, I do it a lot independently at this point. Yeah, as I opposed think, to belonging to a club. And Yeah, I used to be with uh, Extreme when that was a... Uh, a prospering company, yeah. <laughs> for that, I, I could tell when I was there. Like, this business model isn't gonna isn't gonna work. But yeah, so, just doing it independent for the past few years.
0: One of the things that really stood out for me mm-hmm. when I first met you was the fact that uh, you do rape jokes. Is mm-hmm. it Sportsters? It was just, when we first met each other, we don't even want to mention that place <laughs> <laughs> ever yeah, was some again. Some business, if anybody. <laughs> yeah. I think actually I came in. I started ripping on you, didn't I? I, I would assume so. Like because your size, and please mm-hmm. don't beat me up. And yeah, mm-hmm. uh, although knowing you, I think you're far too nice to ever get in a fist fight that you didn't have to. No. Well, well, why would anybody get in a fist fight they
1: didn't have to? You <laughs> some people just like fighting. Some people, some people like fighting. Well, to <laughs> get that aggression out. Yeah. You <laughs>
0: I, I save it all for skyrim that's that's what I do <laughs> but okay so the the difference between uh, uh your rape jokes and most other people's rape jokes is that you do them from the point of view of a victim
1: well i I, I think when uh when somebody categorizes something as a rape joke it's really easy to just brush it off as like oh like you know you're just describing some weird made up scenario where you ended up being the rapist and it's like it's like shock comedy right like
0: mm-hmm.
1: yeah, technically i guess yeah like my my jokes are definitely about about rape in the sense that i was raped when i was a kid but it, it's much more uh about you know like my i i guess my emotional turmoil growing up like that and trying to expand from there like, i mean i i may say the word rape once when i say child rapist in one of my in one of my jokes I mean, it's, it's probably like, I, I've never really looked at it as a rape joke, but I, absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
0: it's totally a rape joke. It, I mean, it, it's, the, the main it's, topic is rape. Yeah. So.
1: It's, a, it, it's definitely like a subsect, but for sure in the, in the, in the tree of rape, it definitely could it be,
0: could it be that there's a difference <laughs> between material
2: says. where rape is a subject matter versus a rape joke where rape ends up either being the setup or the punchline or both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're just like, well, let's, let's just shock the audience and get that word out and.
1: Yeah, I guess yeah. It's usually kind of like a little misdirection when I see, uh, especially newer comics, uh, go and just try. Okay, well, I just want to get some attention, right? Right. So it's always that. Yeah, and then I was the one that raped her. Blah. And that's always the ones that kind of raise all those red flags and all the controversy for the past few years.
0: Which and is, and the ones you don't want to introduce your female friends. Usually,
1: yeah, you want to <laughs> maybe, but I, I think it's that it's that line of. You know, you, you got to be able to take risks when you're starting too. I mean, I don't have any problem with people going up and trying that because if if it's awful, then you want to think that people just won't laugh, and hopefully that'll you know. Unless it's
0: a room full of comedians, then it's it's you never know.
1: <laughs> well, there's also the problem of I've I've seen people do those jokes and them not work and not work and not work, and years later they're just still they're just feeding it, just raping us, raping our ears <laughs> in a certain respects. Like my anal sex
0: joke. Should probably never do that again. <laughs> so do, do writing jokes uh, – does writing jokes about your rape actually help you deal with it emotionally? Like getting it out and venting or, or?
1: – Yeah. Uh, w- w- when I went to the um, – well, Joe actually did this uh, too. Uh, the Humber comedy program. I went there in 2008. Uh, you were a year ahead of me I think actually. Correct. I mean, it started in 07, Yeah, Correct.
2: And uh, met Mr. Underscore. I remember those days I remember, I remember that vividly. I remember it was Humber College that told me it was a good idea, and then by the end of the second year, it was Humber College that told me it was a bad idea. <laughs> so after
1: they had all your checks were clear.: Yeah, exactly Yeah, it, it, it was uh, it was in the physical comedy class there. Uh, I had a teacher named Rob Trucker you also had mm-hmm. who uh, uh, first got got me to be really honest about my background, and that's the first time I ever talked about being a molestus. When I, when I was at the school, I was 23, and then I didn't touch on that for about two and a half years and until I finally started to try it out on stage. But, but yeah, as far as uh, dealing with it, I needed to do it in comedy first before I ever went to a therapy session, before I ever uh, really got introspective of myself about how this really affected me and shaped me, and I can see so much... Uh, you know as a teenager and even as a kid and as an adult how that it definitely did uh definitely did set me on quite a quite a path to become the person i am today <laughs> how could it not it but you know pretty, what pretty pivotal.
0: you're an awesome person oh
1: thank today. you like that, that's all i was fishing for to, tomorrow maybe you're <laughs> going <gonna laughs> to suck shit i got to bring up my abuse sometimes but i
0: get the cough of it exactly but, <laughs> <laughs> but today you're an awesome person but i mean there has to be more than just the emotional scars. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of physical
1: internal ones too. So.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've actually, are. I've heard that from, from other male victims of, of rape. Yeah. That they've, uh, uh, for years after, I'm talking like 30 something mm-hmm. years after, they still experience. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a it was physical trauma.
1: Yeah, it was, it was 21 years ago, uh, when that, when that would have, or just, just a little close 21 years when that would have stopped. And, uh, it went on for about eight, nine months, uh, roughly two to three times a week, depending on, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) If I showed up to the, to the, to the piano lessons or if the mood struck him, I guess. (laughs) Who knows what the, you know, he, inside that mind. But, uh, yeah, that, that's one of the things that's not talked about. A lot, even from, from victims, of, from victims of, uh, of abuse, because it's gross to talk about it in a certain respect. Even when you like the emotional stuff is the hardest stuff for me to mm-hmm. talk about, but it's almost the easiest for people to hear. Cause they go, Oh, I can empathize with that as a human, I guess. And like, that's, that's rough Being and, violated or whatever. Yeah. And all, all the emotional stuff. Cause that is the hardest stuff for sure that's, that chased that me as a person. But, uh, yeah, the physical stuff, uh, you know, I I can't drink a ton of alcohol, or I can't um, you know have have a lot of really really um, you know high fat diet because it, it gives me a lot of diarrhea. And then the way my sphincter really uh, you know really took shape and developed into my teenage years was kind of fucked up from from having i uh, I I'm not gonna compliment mm-hmm. compliment the guy, but his penis was definitely too large for me as an eight year old. <laughs>
0: I'm, I'm and, pretty uh, yeah. sure most penises. I would say be so. Too large for yeah. anyone, uh, you know.
1: I mean, to be fair, I don't want it's nice short you're to shortchange him. to compliment him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's he's been dead for no, a long time, but I I can't, you know, I didn't have any perspective, but definitely, uh, you know, it caused a lot of bleeding over time, and then the way that uh, just that it grew in there was well, scar tissue. I never got it addressed for a long time. So yeah, to this day, I have to be a little careful. It's not nearly as bad as it was five, six years ago before I went and got it addressed at the the hospital, and they gave me a little, you know, kind of. So anytime s- any of your some girlfriends want to get
0: like kinky and touch your bum, you're like, "Fuck <laughs>
1: off!" Yeah, it it could be messy. I've you know, I've yeah. had enough of that.
0: <laughs> Trust me.
1: <laughs> yeah, they completely play about having the period. I'm like, well,
0: try bleeding out of your asshole. <laughs> That's it. Now, did you find that? Uh, because you do that, yeah, and, and in my opinion, you do a great job of it.
1: Mm-hmm. But do
0: you find that that's what people concentrate on when they they think of you as a comedian? About the the piano lessons and everything, yeah, yeah.
1: I think uh, three years ago, yes, because that was the only bit that I was really working on, and I wasn't, um, you know, didn't know many people around the scene. Uh, like we we sat down, I think about two and a half years ago, the three of us, and did a podcast about uh, rape jokes when I yeah. was just kind of getting into that. So at that time, yeah. But I mean, that's kind of a, you know, it's a different bit for sure, and it's memorable. And certainly my size and everything makes it stand out. But, um, that's kind of the plight of every comic in a certain respect. You go, you're known for a bit. Yeah. Until you're known for two or three, and then you're just a comedian. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, I would say that a lot of people would, oh yeah, yeah, I know that he does that, but it's been so long now, and it's, I've been around for a while. It's, you know. I definitely don't
2: feel defined by it as much as I would But do you feel like because you do comedy and because you went through this unique experience, Mm -hmm. you have a responsibility to talk about it? Could you have seen yourself – maybe if uh, Rob Trick or Mm -hmm. whoever had influenced you to talk about it hadn't been there Mm -hmm. and you just decided to do comedy, would it be possible that you would have decided to just avoid not talking about it? I don't want to deal with it. There are funnier things to talk about. I don't – I only got five minutes up here. Yeah. I,
1: I think uh, it's hard to say, but I think that if I hadn't decided to talk about it, I would have stayed on the just strictly writing and sketch route, which is what I wanted to be when I first moved to Toronto.
0: A sketch artist.
1: I wanted to be a, yes, a sketch artist. Sketch <laughs> artist? <laughs> I think that's what they're whatever. called. Sketch <laughs> <laughs> artist. <laughs> Sketchy?
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: But I think, uh, talking about my own personal problems, there's only one real outlet for that where I have complete control over it. Yeah. Which is stand up. So when, when I, when I saw the confidence that gave me in the, all the self exploration that doing stand up did, I was like, well, I can't stop doing this. I just, I think when I was at Humber, I had done maybe 50 sets or so throughout the two years I was there. And I was like, I'll just do it to get by. And then I took a few months off and then I went back at it. Before I knew it, it was every night of the week and I was like, wow, this is really, really enhancing my life a lot. Yeah. When you really like search for where's your pain? What, why am I like I am? Who do I want to be? And you're talking about that on stage all the time. Yeah. There's, there's nothing better than that. So I, I think that, uh, it was really the catalyst for professional, personal growth. Definitely. I think you can't hide up there.
0: Yeah. I mean, from my experience, uh, because, you know, I've happened to get, to be good friends with, with a lot of pros. Yeah. Which I am not, but they have at least taken interest in me. Uh, they challenge you. If they know that something, something in your life is very personal, but you're staying away from it on stage, mm-hmm. I'm, they challenge you. That's what I do. Well, the me. good
1: ones will for sure,
0: because they can relate
1: to whatever their shit is, right? Well,
0: not even necessarily the good ones.
1: But. You get no, a lot man, of good advice from mom. the awful ones? That <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: but it's, it's, <laughs> It's just ones who've taken an interest in and in you as yeah. a person. Yeah. You know? Um now, as we said before, you're you know, you're a big guy. Mm-hmm. Do you find that often overshadows your, your comedy? Like do people expect you to be less intelligent? Because you're really smart. Well, I've I mean these you're, arms you're pick you're up from, books
1: sometimes, man.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> I mean you're from Cape Breton, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, you're a bodybuilder. Mm-hmm. Both of those go against every grain in your butt, you know. To be intelligent, <laughs> really? How much time have
1: you? R- r- there's individuals though in Cape Breton. It's not a not not really. <laughs> it's no. not a whole you know hive mind. It's a giant there, just... trailer
0: park. It's a trailer park
1: on an island. That's <laughs> so, what Cape Breton is. There are several trailer parks around
2: the island. It's small sure. town mentality. It's very small, small town. Mentality. Like we were talking about one of the previous episodes. Small town means small minds. It- They're just not as exposed to as many people with as many different points of view. So they, well, I think you have to, uh,
1: you have to go out of your way more to be influenced by a a broader spectrum of, of thought and opinion. Definitely. I think the big thing that helped me was, uh, not
0: just static on a car ride home,
1: not just static on a car ride home. Exactly. That's very out of context.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's why you need to go go. see Justin Lake perform. That way all this is in context.
1: For me, I, I was never really, uh, big into team sports as a kid. So I didn't have a lot of, uh, influence 24-7 from, you know, just the more kids you're going to be around, the more potential morons you're going to be influenced by and try to be cool, especially when you're a young kid. So I spent a lot of time on myself. Uh, I did, you know, I, I liked to exercise. I, sw- I swam when I was a kid. So I was always just kind of in my own head and.
0: You don't swim that much anymore? Stuff. I don't swim that much anymore now. More of a sinking thing? I mean, is it because of the muscle you've put on? Density? Exactly.
2: just a water dispersion. Mm-hmm.
0: Exactly.
1: It's just, <laughs> it's just just physics, you know? can't, not buoyant anymore.
0: How old were you when you decided you want to be a, a sketch comedian?
1: Uh, when I was about, I, I guess, right from the time I was a young kid, I used to write a lot. I used to write a lot of short stories and they'd inevitably at least have the, you know, the intention of being funny without without me i guess specifically trying to do that I was just like, yeah, yeah i like doing that and then about 15 16 i thought uh, it would be great to be a television writer to be a or write a book one day you know things like that uh so i was looking into taking creative writing at uh, at york when i was moving out here first when i was uh, getting into the pro
2: wrestling game which you know you can't you can't escape all all the white trash trappings. i still again. remember one of the <laughs> sketches you guys did Pro in, wrestling is awesome. uh, when you were in first year and I was in second year it was you versus an inanimate cage yeah, well i I can't take credit for writing that one no but <laughs> but I was definitely
1: I was definitely in that yeah another uh uh wrestling u f c fan had read written that yeah and uh yeah it was me grappling with a cage so the so I guess I got cast a lot in weird physical roles, yeah. which why wouldn't you when you have i guess meat at your disposal It's like well.
2: Yeah, I mean, because you know? comedy is about honesty, right? Yeah. So we had let's be honest. This mm-hmm. guy can probably beat up twenty of us. Well, you got to you got to address at the same this. time Yeah. for sure, you got to. So, do, gotta, do
0: people expect you to be less intelligent because of your size?
1: I think some people do, for sure. And I mean, but that's everyone has their own shit. When you look at someone, you go, "Wait a minute." Yeah, you know, like you look at you and you have all the earrings and stuff, like the chains. and What do people immediately think of you?
0: I have no idea what anybody thinks of me. No.
1: I, I'm pretty I, sure
0: most people don't like me, but I don't know.
1: <laughs> I immediately thought four porn star for
0: sure. Is that what you thought immediately? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> it shows.
1: <laughs> but uh, at first when I got on stage, uh, I actually had a couple uh, 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 professionals uh, tell me that I should wear big sweaters, hide you know my size. But, but then as time went on, I was like, wait a minute, maybe I should do jokes about it. That's Why it. not use what makes me unique, right? That's it. And it's it's worked
0: much better. Well, you've always had a very uh comical and and amusing slant on uh different things, you know, like uh, just life and the things that happen in life and relationships. And uh rumor has it you recently broke up with someone. Well, I mean recently or, or in the, the last or the months.
1: or the uh or the, or the opposite way, but yes,
0: <laughs> you got um, together. Well, see, everybody expects. I mean, he's. Yeah. If you haven't seen Justin, he's a very handsome fellow, very nice. Uh, of course, what woman won't want, want to date him? I just feel so buttered until up they get to know him. That's exactly. Oh no. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and and all of his issues, uh, but <laughs> seriously, it's, <laughs> it's. Was it hard dating someone else in comedy?
1: I. Pff- you know, It really depends on the personalities because in a certain respect, yes, because you have to spend so much time with somebody all the time and whether it's there or not, uh, whether – even if you don't feel like you're in competition with them, uh, if they get something or you get something and they don't or the opposite, uh, you're always going to look on yourself and go, Whoa, well, that's great for them but what am I doing wrong that I'm not doing that because you're so – it's such an individual, motivation. But But that can just be thing.
0: narrowed down to relationships uh, as far as, you know, mm-hmm. a romantic relationships. I think to some extent that's true for anything.
1: It is. You know, I, any of I, your
0: friends in comedy that are – maybe have gotten a bump that mm-hmm. you didn't get.
1: Yeah, it, for sure it is. But it definitely puts a strain on a relationship in any facet. But uh, I think it's, it's such an overwhelming obsessive thing to pursue that definitely i i I would find it a hard time not dating someone in comedy as much as it is dating someone in comedy because I just don't have the time yeah that's you know, pretty I mean, much
0: all you do I mean you work during the day and do comedy at night,
1: yeah, and you, you i mean to be a boyfriend and someone not in comedy you got to go on some dates sometimes you got to be a boyfriend i mean that's just mm-hmm. anything like that. any relationship they 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 tend to enjoy that, yeah, and if they're not in the business and sometimes even if they are it's like They're not going to understand, and really, they shouldn't. You know, you got to you split your time a little bit, but (laughs) you got to be so dedicated to this to get to actually have it as a career. Yeah, I mean, I've been around for you know going on six years as far as being in comedy and doing doing, well. When I started in sketch and doing stand up, really hard for before where it's pretty well every single night and not just one room. No, I mean. I did upwards of a little over 450 sets last year. And I mean it's just all-encompassing everywhere. But I mean that's the price, right, to to actually have <laughs> that job. To achieve greatness. And to be fair, yeah, a woman's not going to understand that, that wants to date me and she shouldn't. It's,
0: it's but, funny because I haven't seen you on I mean, like a real stage mm-hmm. in forever. As soon as I feel that way too. And, uh <laughs> Someone told me the other day that you just destroyed Kingston.
1: Well, I mean, it can happen.
0: I mean, you, you know, you were just phenomenal on stage. That's, uh, those are the rumors I'm hearing about you. There's, is is, 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 is is like, rumors on the streets going around. Those are the rumors. That's the word on the street. <laughs> Literally. That and you cry after sex. One of those is true. <laughs> <laughs> well, now having <laughs> having dated a woman in comedy and, and, and you know going out yeah. to four shows a night, every night, uh, are women as funny as men? I mean there's that whole gender war thing, mm-hmm. right?
1: Yeah, I, I I honestly believe that uh that whole thing was started by someone, you know, just being really insecure, woman or man. I don't know. I've I've got it from both sides where you know you get like a really defensive woman who's like, fuck, you know, I am as funny as these guys are funnier. I can do it better. Then you get the guy who's just like Yeah, of course they're not, like you because know, they they start citing all these, you know, Charles Charl- Charleston Heston articles and shit. It's like <laughs> it's like I don't know what drugs that dude was taking, but like have you seen the interviews? Like you can't really yeah. put any put any real um faith in that stuff. So it really comes down to just an individual. Like, I've met funny women, I've met funny men, obviously. It's like they're just I, I think that the only skew that you could really uh, put on that is there's just far more men in comedy.
0: So it's a ratio thing.
1: Well, if, if you had any real statistics that
2: said that men are funnier than women, that's, that's what it would be. But I think that's looking at it from the point of view of people who are actively working. Mm -hmm. Or trying to work in comedy versus what the audience is going to think. Because if you look at that ratio and you're seeing seven acts in the night, Mm -hmm. maybe one or two are going to be a woman versus the five or six guys. How is that going to affect the audience? And are they going to put more expectation on the women because, well, well, you almost want to think, how is the producer putting the show together? Are they going to want to make sure there's one black guy, one white guy, one mm-hmm. yeah. guy with like a, mu- a musical instrument? And, okay, well, here's the one filling the women's slot. She had better be good. And if she's not good, well, that means there's not that many good performers because she didn't have much competition.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was talking to the booker. Absolutely. He said he tries to get at least one woman on every week. Mm-hmm. And uh, like it, it but it's, it's a juggling, you know, because it's
1: it's difficult from both perspectives. Because in one sense, you don't want to go in with the idea of filling a quota because that's insane, right? When you when you're talking about comedy, but at the same time, if you do have an audience that is, you know, filled with at least a good amount of women, yeah, like it, common sense says, they're going to relate to a woman better just by it's different to be a woman than a man, mm-hmm. so. They're going to have a different sense of humor for sure, individually based. But, I mean, as far as it just fundamentally which gender is funnier, I think you have to uh, – if you look at that from an audience member, then you're just an idiot.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean that's 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 the way it is. It's like I think there are more idiots in the world than smart people. That's what I think this whole thing comes down to.
0: That's – yeah.
1: So It's like just let them come on stage and you're either going to laugh or you're not. You can't fake being funny no matter what you are. I mean, that's <laughs> better than they'll get the job. That's the way it should be. I know it's not the case all the time. That's the way it should be.
0: Is, is there much difference between who you are and your stage persona?
1: Me, no. I'm uh, – I think at first for sure. But uh, like you were talking about riffing earlier. Yeah. I spent about six months at the end of um, 2012, second half of 2012 where I said, I'm not going to do any material. I'm just going to riff. Every set, audience work, talk about something, maybe something the host said just before I got me on stage, just to be incredibly loose. And by the end of that six months, I was getting much better at it. Where I can, I can dance around material now. If something happens, I get heckled, or whatever. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be perfect every time, but I'm not gonna get bothered by it. I'm not gonna panic. Yeah. So uh, that's helped me to be a lot more authentic, be a lot more. I
0: panic mean. when when a joke I know. It's yeah. supposed to work. Like it historically has worked, great. Yeah. And it doesn't work, I panic. Well, I mean how I do you, gotta get over that. How, that's... You,
1: how do you how do you find panicking though? <laughs> like you freeze up or just like uh, do we, how do I get out of this?
0: Yeah, I get befuddled.
1: Yeah. And so. I mean yeah, you just gotta I think if you, if you go through it enough times and it's killed and bombed enough times, it doesn't matter. And I mean like you know what you're capable of and well, you it. you can you need learn to you know, read the room, and you're like, "Oh, this is why this didn't work." And then, yeah, obviously,
0: they like dick jokes.
1: Well, it, you don't take it as personally.
0: anymore. <laughs> it's, it's just if, if you took it if you took every time you bombed on stage personally, you'd oh, never God. do it again. And I, no, I'd, I think
1: I'd be in a mental institution for sure. We definitely uh,
0: kill more than we die.
1: <laughs> <laughs> on a <laughs> to use that, very <laughs> violent dude, it depends what week it is, I think. <laughs> I, mean, I, I have those uh, like you talked about the. Like I have a really good set like when you reference there in Kingston, and I'm like, yeah, I'm really good. And then 13, thirteen, fourteen sets in a row, just fucking awful. Like, What's <laughs> wrong with me? So that's why like even the best comic in the world is always about ten seconds away from being shit. Right?
0: <laughs> it, it can take that moment just. Yeah, and that's why it's so hard. Like the Bill Hicks um, Chicago video. Have you seen that one? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's uh if anybody here uh, knows who Bill Hicks is should and they haven't seen the the infamous Chicago video, you should check it out and oh, just watch how he deals with bombing.
1: Well, you know, you take a lot of risks. I mean, that guy was infamous at a certain point for, you know, taking a lot of headline sets because he just wasn't on the same level as the audience. You know, they were like they just watch a juggling act go on stage, and they're like in that mode, yeah, and you, and you just get so mad, you know, you're like, "Well, fuck these people, and then but that's part of the growth too when you're I would think so you like, know when you're not pursuing just well, I'm going to go up there and try to get a job and just be a hack if you really want to take the swing and try to reach your full potential, you're going to fail a lot, but that's the case with anything
0: are you on your way to reaching your full potential
1: i i I think that yet? um I I definitely like to think that I, uh, I strive for that. (laughs) I think I'm somewhere around probably a decade to 15 years away from, uh, because every year that goes by, every month that goes by, you know, you you feel a little bit better. And then the questions and the, and the work that that opens up just gets exponential. It's like, you know, level one to level two might take six months, but then you see level three and it's like, Oh my God. That's so long away. There's so many little parts that you gotta you gotta work on. Personally. Well, that
0: goes back to to about you know, you hitting all the rooms mm-hmm. every night. Someone once told me that if you want to get better at comedy, you need to be hitting at least three rooms a week, if mm-hmm. not more. Yeah, there I would say minimum three rooms. Yeah,
1: and I think that they should be different. Like uh, I I have talked to a lot of comics over the years, you know who who would only do certain audiences. Whether it's you know like the urban rooms or the hipster rooms or mm-hmm. the black rooms or the um, pot, rooms. pot rooms or just one maybe in the village you know to just or suburban any room and m- my ideal is I should never really be comfortable right you know, I always have to be a little on edge and these people like okay I can I can warm up to them but we've had different backgrounds they have different morals maybe different sensibilities so I'm going to try to weave into this yeah it should always be a challenge right you should never just do it in front of your friends maybe do it in front of your friends once just to see what that dynamic is
0: but you don't want to only do stuff like that Mm -hmm. have have you found it hard keeping a connection with your friends who aren't in comedy
1: oh yeah i mean i i still talk to them you know like about maybe a tv show or something but i mean the it's every single day I mean most of my close friends now, all of them are are in comedy, yeah, uh even the ones that uh I still talk to from Humber that are just primarily doing sketch now. I'll see them maybe every few weeks every two months, maybe, but you know I'll out every night of the week with people uh I tend to have you know maybe three or four people that come around with me to a lot of sets, and then six months later it's whole. <laughs> Whole different crew because yeah, people fall off, people change, people do people different change. things. They get you know they get a relationship. They're like you know I, I I want to make more money. I now I want to get this other job. That's just it's it's a long. Fucking yeah, I slot, took five man. months off
0: and yeah, well, anything that right? Was I mean brutal. I mean normally when I've taken like two months off, I can get back on again and I, I feel refreshed. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and I'm writing like new just great stuff yeah but five months wow
1: you cross that threshold of like you're just out of the game for a while and just i hit the stage and it was like a fucking noob. yeah it was
0: horrible, well,
1: horrible. it's a muscle right you gotta yeah it'll come back quicker but it's it's too when you go in you just think you can be like you you were before you know it's i know
2: right off the bat
0: no, no. not to
2: mention but also outgrow your material too that is Those true. Jokes, even if they were funny, you might not even want to talk about them. Yeah, I mean, past that point,
0: because you're
1: a slightly different person than you were five months ago. Well, yeah. So I mean, no matter what happens, even even if it's an awful five months, you still grow personally, just by virtue of still being around,
2: right? <laughs> you know, you're like, it's, it's whether you know, you're you're,
0: yeah. you're conscious yeah. of the that minimum change. prerequisite yeah. for
2: growth is just not
0: dying. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hope you, so. <laughs> Do you find that you commit as much time to writing as you do to working out?
1: Uh, it, it depends on the week. I mean there, there, there are some weeks where I'll, uh, I'll, I'll get in the gym pretty well every day for an you know, hour and a half, two hours. And I, I won't write very much. I'll just go and do a bunch of sets. Uh, other times you know, I'll spend a few hours a day just sitting down trying to organize things. So I mean there's not no real set, um, set formula I have at this point other than make sure that I do it a lot. Because you get out of that, into that mode. I, I, I try to treat stand up at this point like lifting weights where, you know, I know I'm going to do it tomorrow. It's just a matter of, you know, when, when, how, and what's going to happen. You know, there's a point in time where I hate it going to the gym. Everybody says that, right? I don't want to fucking exercise. How do you do it all the time? You just make it a habit. So you're not, it's not a question like, yeah, I don't want to do it today, but I know I'm going to.
0: No. You used to be heavier than what you are now, right? Yeah. What was your top
1: weight? <laughs> top weight? It was about, about right around 268 was the heaviest I've ever weighed in at. I was a, I was, was a big dude.
0: Again, I lifting in pizza. So, <laughs> powerlifting and pizza. Yes. How, how can you not go wrong? Or how, you know, how can you go wrong with that? It, it, it feels pretty
1: awesome when you're doing it.
0: <laughs> so, um, <laughs> But it brings up the, the the question of: Do you find that men obsess uh, over body image the same way as women do?
1: I don't think the same way, but I think that some guys do. I think that uh, you know
2: we're, we're insecure about everything. Everybody is at least a little bit. A guy has a little bit more inclination to feel powerful than a woman, for sure.
1: Yeah, and I think it's it's almost more about power than it is about sex appeal. Right, I mean, uh like with a woman, who, power who's, is sex appeal. Power is sex appeal for sure, but I think it's it's definitely viewed differently. Like, like uh, it always feels great to know a bunch of people want to fuck you. But with a woman, it, it it's like, you or know, at least
0: you, use you as arm candy.
1: Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Well, 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 it's definitely like women are definitely you know more in like yeah, like I can be the arm candy type of thing. And then guys, especially being in the bodybuilding culture. There is that deal of, you know, you have to be perfect and the guys that maybe don't work out for two days and they're still like, you know, 300 pounds and shred it and they wear big sweatshirts outside because they're insecure about their bodies. Like most people would just do like a triple take at them, mm-hmm. but, but it's just that intense body dysmorphia and yeah. they have to deal with, you know, like, a, I'm sure you guys saw the whole ultimate warrior stuff in the, in the news the last couple of weeks. <laughs> that dude was in his fifties and, uh, you know, still very, very muscular. Look at, look at, uh. uh very kids. open about his drugs too, though, right? Like yeah. very open about the steroid abuse. And it's, it's easy for people to just brush it off and go, what an idiot. But he, he had his most confidence when he was, you know, in his twenties and thirties as the ultimate warrior. He's like a superhero. It's going all over the world. People are just screaming at him. Oh, I can picture with you. Like, you're amazing. And then, you know, you get older and you, and you, your heart can't take that stuff. You can't be that big anymore. Yeah. I can't be as big as I was when I was 22 at 29 because you have to preemptively change your lifestyle <laughs> or you're going to tear a, yeah. yeah your biceps going to tear off you're going to have a heart attack and if you don't it, it's and it's hard for those guys that base their whole lives on their body image you know you get to be 40 50 and it's like
2: you know you're not that guy anymore i got to be okay though. especially frustrating when you reach this pinnacle of your accomplishment where you look that good and it's almost as if if I can't get back to that, yeah. then I don't feel good about myself. But even being a few steps below that is still, yeah, you know, well above the average for yeah. the male body. Any reasonable person
1: would say, "Oh, that's fantastic!" You're now you're now in your sixties and you're lean. You're running marathons. Maybe it's a different challenge. But they're like, "No, you know, if just put F- their pits fit well." If, they, if those same yeah. guys would put their pictures on like on on the internet, they'd just be ripped. Oh. What a, what a wash-up, you know? It's like, well, when were you the world champion bodybuilder, you know? It's, like, <laughs> it's crazy. But these guys take it to heart so much. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've, I, I've had, uh, like, Facebook pictures done of me, like, flexing a few years ago. And it's like, I don't feel like in 10, 20 years I'm going to feel bad about not being able to look that way anymore. It's like, oh, that was cool that I... Push myself could. that hard. Yeah. Now, what's the challenge in my fifties? You know. Oh, look! Look There's at no Vince shame. McMahon.
0: Yeah. I mean, he—he's what, mid fifties, seventy?
1: He—he is. uh I, I thought Vince I,
0: McMahon was
2: immortal.
1: I, I, I believe that I he thought is, he Yeah.
0: Transcended
2: age. He's
1: a Norse god.
2: Guys, is he not?
1: Is he aging like the rest of us? He's the alpha and the omega. That's it. <laughs>
0: Well, it's 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 because I know like when I quit smoking, I think, I it was smoking, 68,
1: I think is, is how old Vince McMahon is. You don't look when, at when
0: when I quit smoking, <laughs> I put on like thirty five pounds within yeah. two months. Mm-hmm. And for most of my life, I had you know a natural six pack. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw those old
1: pictures. You on the you on the motorcycle? Yeah, that waist length blonde hair.
0: Yeah, <laughs> and now I feel fat. Yeah. But not fat enough to actually want to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's a
1: positive. <laughs> you show, you know, I'm like, you know, beat I should start up doing anyway. planks
0: again Yeah. soon. <laughs> Strengthen my core. <laughs> and then I get out of bed and I'm like, yeah, coffee, cereal, you know, yeah. video games. Well, see, that's a whole
1: different thing though because that doesn't sound unhealthy mentally, right? I mean you're certainly not at the point where people are like – Oh yeah, Eli, the, dis- the disgusting obese dude. Do I don't man, think, I don't he think, let himself go. Yeah, I don't think anybody. I mean, you look the same to me like, since I've since known you. Whether or not you put on, who's going to notice ten pounds or something? Are right? fluctuating?
0: Some people do actually. It's
1: yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah, they're nuts, and they're probably thinking about it themselves more. <laughs> like it's projection. Honestly, right? are these
2: people who noticed it are these people who have been with you for. That stretch of time or has it been someone who maybe hasn't seen you in a long time yeah, and is noticing a more drastic change? So so if you mean, see
0: someone on every cool. day, you're not going to notice the <laughs> differences, yeah. I don't think.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think so.
0: Like as far as I'm concerned, other than the beard, you look pretty much the same as the day I met you. So Whereas I haven't seen you a little you in less more, hope in your year, eyes? Year and a oh, half. yeah,
1: for sure. I've been beaten down. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you and I didn't see each other for just probably a year or more, right? Right. Yeah. Something like that. Maybe I still other. recognize you. Yeah. That's, that is true. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not, not many people you can mistake for Justin.
1: <laughs> but, but there's that difference though with, with somebody who, who feels like they let themselves go a little bit to that guy who's, you know, gets out of bed and is just like, Oh, now my whole day is centered around my bicep curls. And it's like, that's just, I went through a period of a few months where I definitely felt like I lived like that. And it is just a son of a bitch, man. Like, I mean, if you work out, that's great. If you don't,
0: just chill out, you know? I knew this guy die. who uh, – <laughs> he was taking steroids and the only improvement he got was on his – like his back. Yeah. And that was also – he was always walking around flexing his back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it looked ridiculous, man. I'm mm. telling you
2: you know to accentuate his uh, his attributes that's it uh. <laughs> i feel like there's a lot of resentment with men who just focus on improving their body mm-hmm. because it gets to that point where they're starting to decline as time will do with anyone except mm-hmm. Vince McMahon. Yeah. So he, they resent not it's having gravity, yeah, not having done anything <laughs> else with their lives. Yeah. Whereas you're involved in comedy and writing, and uh, do you still do sketch, or are you just pretty much just sticking with stand up? I just stick with
1: stand up the last uh, last few
2: years. Yeah, but I mean, there's something that you're growing intellectually, and so you really can only get better at it.
1: Yeah, exactly. You don't know quite. Uh... You know, have that huge mental drop. At least you don't realize it anyway, <laughs> like you do physically. Yeah, but yeah, man. That, that stuff is, oh, that stuff is scary. And I think, I think too, like you mentioned, uh people not like thinking that I was really stupid when I come on stage, and that's a natural thing because the way anyone's been portrayed in the media or in movies is, you know, well, he's he's huge and he's, you know, muscular, so. Why would he be smart? Right? He's never needed was, to be. Just that one-dimensional Hulk character. Right? So do so. you find
0: you get more women due to your personality or due to your looks? Uh,
1: it's like a, a, at this point, I mean, it, it has to be uh, – like, I want to say personality, but that also ruins it for me a lot too, right? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a deal of like, yeah, you're going to get the odd woman who uh, – m- with me physically, it feels like uh, the women are either like, no – no way that is I just not into that at all. More into maybe like the you know like like the, the hipster build, kinda yeah. like the you know, I can't fit in a skinny jeans. Scarny and soft. Yeah. I do too much of that ass pushback machine, I can't fit skinny <laughs> jeans. But uh then you get other women who are like, Yeah, yeah, I'm really into muscular guys and then other women who just you know just don't give a shit.
0: Well I mean there's the you don't you don't get to fuck the, a pop star, <laughs> you know, a pop singer for just your personality, I'm pretty sure. I, I, ideally, no. I'm uh, referencing. <laughs> I'm referencing. What was it, Nai- Nairobi
1: or? Yeah, it, 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 it wasn't like a you know Britney Spears in her prime type of thing. This was. <laughs> this was. I don't even know what the country was. Well, <laughs> yes, it was, it was a pop star. Still a star. <laughs> that, 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 that was primarily 100 percent based on me being muscular. Yes. It's probably yeah. I mean, so there there
0: is the odd. Because I mean, yeah, you fucked one more star than I have, basically, <laughs> it's... and that's how I, I keep it in my head, so I don't get too depressed. Yeah. But like, there's still hope for you, Eli. You're <laughs> only B- being you still by alive, one
2: pop culture icon. <laughs> that's
1: it. Yeah, all you gotta do is get two, man. You got me beat. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't, don't see that second one
0: coming. So. <laughs> no time soon. <laughs> Who knows though? Maybe. Especially major ways through the whole female lineup <laughs> of comedy, <laughs> you know, just like go to she dot and be like, yeah, hatter, 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 neater, hatter. Well, there's, yeah, just
1: go a little. There's, there's definitely been that uh, that feeling like a what am I? One of my female friends in comedy you know, uh, uh, Hannah would always joke about. Uh, uh, I think of I, I would I I would drive some other. Uh, uh, female comic home she's like well you're obviously going to be in love with her now that's all that's all you need. <laughs> you need five minutes alone time and oh yeah that's this is this is the mother of my children right here for sure you know, i definitely had the uh and how close is that to the truth how close very far
0: very far from the truth
1: no well oh, well, oh if it actually happening yeah, yeah but uh but definitely a lot of truth to that
0: for sure <laughs> yeah i mean i i know I get over it pretty quick though Growing up as insecure as I was. That's exactly what it is, too. The, a woman who made me come real hard, that was love. Yeah, you got to latch on, man. That's it. <laughs> Women like that, or right? Or they'll
1: leave you. Yeah, that, that always works, right? That's, that's a chapter in the game, right? <laughs> you got to chase them down and then
0: latch on to their ankles. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> always works. It's okay to keep them <laughs> against their will as long as you don't rape them. You go. And there's,
1: there, there's back to the rape jokes.
0: Back to the rape. <laughs> How do you react when someone else does a rape joke? I don't react.
1: I don't know if it's good. I laugh. If it's shit, I might laugh ironically because of the situation it's caused in the room. <laughs> but I uh, feel
2: empathetic for them now that they're the center of attention and they just mess it up.
1: If if they're a good dude or, or a woman, I mean, I've definitely been in those positions where uh an example I can use is a. Um, this isn't a rape joke, but I um, I talk a lot about being white trash from Cape Breton and like yeah. what the with the play to that it's is redundant. You know, being white trash from Cape Breton. Good. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll check that off. Getting a writing note. Are you, are you oh. Redundant.
2: Are you sure you want to use that word, Eli? But <laughs> <laughs> when I, when, when I it means the same thing. <laughs> same thing. So why I say
1: both? It's just the same thing. <laughs> oh god. So, <laughs> so when I when I had started doing the uh, the white trash thing, what uh, what, my 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 intro to it would be to uh, list off a positive and a negative stereotype for other races, and then mm-hmm. say how oh, yeah, white trash doesn't have anything, right? This is a couple of years ago, and uh, so I'd say like you know, Asians are great at math, but they they suck at driving and, uh, black guys rob you, but they have a big dick, and things like that, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, 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 but I'd say these, like, buzz things that, it was just, like, it was just like, awful for comedy, but, uh, I got, I got really heckled w- w- one day by this this black dude, he was like, hey, fuck you, man, and he was just, he just, because he wasn't even listening, right, he just kind of was, like, we're in, like, a pot room, he was rolling a joint, and he just kind of heard the, the black guys rob you thing, and, and I thought about it afterwards, like, I mean, it went fine, I smoothed it over and finished it, and he was like, okay, I understand, but, um, I realized like I have no right to be even saying those. Number one, it's stupid to even being uh announcing any dumb stereotypes. It's like because I'm just adding to the problem, and number two, I don't know what it's like to be you know an Asian or a black guy or a woman or anything, so it's like I can only talk about me relating to that, and I should only be exploring what I know, which is being white trash, yeah, but so that was a big wake discriminated up Discriminated
0: against as well though.
1: For for sure, but not in that way. So it, it was stupid for me to to explore that, and I learned from that. And there was a big wake up call in it. And I thought that was, but if I didn't have the freedom to make that mistake, I would have never learned it. So there is that issue of people should be able to go out and make dumb rape jokes, but if they don't learn, then yeah, it's a stupid problem. They're probably never going to be successful anyway yeah. if they don't
0: learn from the stupid mistakes. Well, that's all there are. I mean, you know. Yeah. In in comedy, it really is a mistake is an opportunity to to learn. Yeah, you got to um, eat shit. Where it's not like that with things like let's say brain surgery. Yeah. Or uh, childbirthing. mm mm-hmm. Mistakes there that cannot lead to improvement. It's true. Open mics are not like brain surgery. <laughs> Open <laughs> mics are still <so laughs> not like brain surgery. This would
1: be a good internet surgery. meme for you.
0: <laughs> so so you think you think like race is the line that we shouldn't cross in comedy.
1: No, I don't think there's any lines. I think that uh you have to learn where your angle comes from that.
2: Well I think that there are, I think that there are lines, but those lines keep getting redrawn as time goes on. If you look yeah, at the lines that Lenny Bruce crossed, uh, mm-hmm. he made a lot of mistakes and he got a lot of attention, but he did good for the next coming generations. Yeah. And Bill Hicks and George Carlin carried that on. Yeah. Yes. So at this point I think rape in and and those stereotypes, it is that next sort of frontier that needs to be that yeah. needs to be fought, and who better to fight it than the people who are the most honest? Yeah. And have an outlet to be I, I can't get
0: away with sex jokes or racial jokes. Yeah. It's uh what am I doing wrong? <laughs> <laughs> the monster truck thing, though. The monster truck <laughs> thing is it's I I was on an absolute and I did this this bit that explores uh a, a racial bias i guess mm-hmm. uh and i basically called all the white liberals they're racist mm-hmm. for using the term african canadian yeah whereas i just called them black mm-hmm. and so the whole time i'm doing this bit black girl sitting right in front she's nodding not mm-hmm. laughing but nodding oh. and all the white people are like daggers out of their eyes mm-hmm. it's uh well, there's that problem.
1: There's that problem with people not listening and just hearing buzzwords. Yeah. And then just check it out and go, "Fuck this guy." Right? That's that's insane. But I mean, yeah, that's a problem that everybody has to face. And I don't know why that uh uh rape seems to be the big issue now. Right? all of a sudden it's especially in comedy, right? I don't, I don't know if it's all of a sudden. Well, it's always been an issue, but it but it just like the past two or three years it's like that's just at, like the helm of controversy and definitely in stand-up. As far as like every couple of months, you hear a new controversy about,
0: you know, what about the controversy with and the, it
1: might be, you know, what, it might be the easiest shitty joke to make me when you're starting. That might be the why it's such a problem. And, it, and then there's that whole women versus men thing. that obviously is like, how else can you display power over, over someone than to rape them? So obviously, I guess that's going to be it.
2: Yeah. That, that, that's For probably where home. it
1: comes from. Yeah.
2: It's, no, it's just foreclose their home. Here in you could do, that. do that. I'm You do that. It takes a lot more effort. It's less, less immediate to foreclose somebody's
1: home. Yeah. It's,
0: it's, uh, <laughs> they had talked about, I know for years, uh, in my late teens and early twenties, there was a yeah. the whole debate about whether they uh, they should, uh, castrate mm-hmm. rapists. Yeah. And anybody who is knowledgeable was saying no because rape isn't about sex, it's about power. Mm-hmm. And if you take away their penis, they're going to find other methods, mm-hmm. which uh, 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 could be even worse.
1: Yeah, so that, that is a good point. You know, but maybe they could
2: just castrate them and do something else. And <laughs> <laughs> once got uh, to the idea yeah, that if you get caught raping, then you get raped. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you, that power that you took... Somebody else gets to take it back. Mm-hmm. So eye for an eye. Yeah. So, so, so then you
1: just you just employ rapists. <laughs> get, I just feel like an executioner wearing that. Wearing it's okay. The, wearing the I'm mask. a professional. <laughs> I only the dexter of rapists. I'm getting away with that? Why are they all the attractive the, ones oh, though? Well, I don't know. They're raping that would, people. That
2: would, though. that would be the darkest drama <laughs> showcases ever published. Yeah, <laughs> I would say let's do that spinoff. So very topical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: I'm seeing the slightest bit of potential in that. Just <laughs> as 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 you're doing comedy of this type, yeah, uh, uh, affected your family or your, your social life? Like your parents, am, like they they hear you do these jokes and they're like, "What the fuck?"
1: Well, they don't really hear me do it. I mean, uh they live in Cape Breton, and I, I told them before I uh before I started doing these jokes, I told them about my abuse because I didn't want it to come out via stand up one day. And I think I had to be honest about it personally before I could do it on stage. But, uh, you know, they don't, they don't give a shit. <laughs> you know, and, and that seems like a brush it off like it's a negative thing. But I don't think they put any. these, they like, you know, he's doing comedy. Yeah. Does what he does. You know, they're not mean. They're not gonna, they were never the type to, uh, try to censor me or
0: anything. Or, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah. Like, I mean, when I tell that story about, uh, but, you your that, but my dad, uh, you know, going from religious to, oh, the Big Bang, I guess that's not – like he, that's what it literally was, like seconds. He's just never heard that before. He's <laughs> like, well, that's reasonable. Yeah, I guess so. It's
0: like, I, <laughs> I have so much fun fucking with your dad, like just making shit up. <laughs> like seriously. I, I just, I'd be He's a, a, a <laughs> real prick. <laughs> oh, you mean like
2: the time you got arrested and went to jail?
0: Yes, yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's unfortunately quite often a, a true story, <laughs> but at least unlike my dad, I wasn't running away in handcuffs. Yeah, which is a true story. Which could be
2: difficult. <laughs> it,
0: yeah, it, it can be it can be a little uh, a little difficult,
2: especially they got you cuffed by the ankles too. That's just funny. Oh.
0: <laughs> so what does the future hold for Justin Lake?
1: <laughs> The future holds uh, a few open mics tonight. And, uh, you know, just, just keep trying to get in that club system and, uh, trying to grow as a stand up and as a person, trying to get that, you know, that voice on stage to, to match what I want to be off stage vice versa. That's a, you know, it's, it's a, probably a lifelong, uh, lifelong
0: deal. So off stage, you want to be ranty and, and. Yeah, I just want to accost
1: strangers everywhere just- I go. Just tell them about my dick and other people's dicks. <laughs> I don't
0: come great anymore. It's just bleh before work. <laughs> exactly. All right. Well, Justin, late. Thank you for coming on to uh, Sex and Life yeah, and talking about uh, your experiences, man. We really appreciate it. And I hope to have you back buddy. again.
1: Yeah. Look time, buddy. Always.
0: You can catch Justin late at The Station in Brantford on July 31st. Join us on our next episode when we have a sexual health instructor Heather Elizabeth. Today's topic was pretty serious. Uh, sexual assault is, is nothing really to joke about. Uh, If you have been sexually assaulted or you know someone who is, seek help, go to the police, go to uh, uh, someone that you trust to talk about it and and get it dealt with. It's a a horrible thing and uh, nobody should have to live through it or live through it alone. There is support, there is help out there. Get it.